You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News. Well, greetings once again from Sprott Money News and SprottMoney.com. It's Friday, August 24th, and this is your Weekly Wrap-Up. I'm your host, Craig Hemke, and joining us as usual this fine Friday morning is Eric Sprott. Eric, good morning. Craig, what a weird thing to happen to us. We have the price of gold going up this week. How what? about that? Really? It's been a while. Uh, I yeah, went up, apparently. I didn't think that was legal. Um, okay. Yeah, no, exactly. It's up more than 1%, Eric. How about that? That's something new for us to talk Ooh. about. <laughs> so, good sign for once, perhaps. Now, uh, before we get started, I just want to remind everybody that these calls are brought to you by Sprott Money. And uh, Sprout Money has an exciting announcement. We have our summer closing sales coming up. We hate to say goodbye to summer, but at least we have this sale to look forward to. And there are going to be great deals on some very special products. So please stay tuned at SproutMoney.com. Keep that in your favorites bar for more information coming soon. But, uh, man, talk about some great deals. We're down here around $1,200 for gold. It just is remarkable that price has fallen that far. Silver is down below 15, but like you said, looking to stabilize a little bit, Eric. Well, it looks that way. I mean, you and I always talk about the commitment to traders report, and uh, of course, there's excellent work uh, done by Ted Butler on that. And we are at just uh, record positions here in terms of uh, the speculators getting themselves short. Uh, We have a record outstanding uh, open order position on uh, silver. I mean, everything says we should be bottoming, including, I'm sure, a lot of the technicals that I don't put a lot of lot into. But, you know, we're obviously oversold. And um, I think there's probably lots of reasons to think that this whole, you know, huge strength in the U.S. dollar that everyone talked about, it's kind of uh, muffled out here a little, you know. It, it's, it, we're not exactly uh, going up in a straight line anymore. In fact, I would say that or maybe in the last three or four weeks, it's actually net gone down. And of course, it is. It's a competition between you know a bunch of weaklings, right? I mean, whether it's the euro or the yen or the Chinese yuan. I mean, they all have their problems, and, and really, gold should be standing out in this situation. So, I think we're kind of have a lot of reason to think that that this uh, sort of nascent rally uh, should continue here. And of course, the stocks have just got bombed. I can't believe how how awful it's been in Stockland. Uh, but uh, obviously, uh, with a change in momentum in gold and silver, things can change very, very quickly on the stock side. That's for sure. We saw that we've seen that before. When it all looks lost, like it did back in January of 2016, suddenly things can turn. So it's a good time to uh, keep your eye on things. And one last thing about the cot I want to point out to you internally and, and just get your response. Uh, this really caught my eye. In the large speculator category, we're talking about hedge funds and the like, the total amount of contracts they own short, not the net number, but just the total gross number of short, is 44,000 contracts more than the banks hold short. <laughs> you ever seen anything like that? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's amazing. Uh, I don't know what the – I don't know. I guess everyone thinks that gold is just a proxy for the U.S. dollar, uh, but it's way more than that, as we know, through the, uh, through the uh, test of time. Right, uh, and everyone thinks, I guess, because all the other currencies look so so weak, that uh, the dollar has to rally, and they're playing it that way. Uh, but normally, when the uh, speculators get this far to one side of the boat, it always reverses. So I think that is very, very much in our favor here. 
if we can pop back through twelve hundred dollars, um, maybe uh, there, there's lots of reason to think that the U.S. dollar could be weak, including you know the goings on uh, in the world of Trump down there. That uh, you never know from one day to the next uh, what's likely to happen, and I would think that you know between the uh, political machinations, the deficit, the the weak economic numbers. We keep getting these weak economic numbers. We had uh, housing sales were weak, new home sales, existing home sales were weak. The uh, purchasing manufacturers index, both services and goods, uh, were weak. We've got durable goods orders were weak. I mean, the whole uh, the macro the macroeconomic statistics are pointing downwards here. So. Uh, to think that 4% GDP growth will continue, I think, is uh, is being way too optimistic. And as I've said in these other chats, it, the 4% will probably get revised lower anyway, which is typically what they do. So um, I think there's lots of reasons to think that the dollar is not going to um, be leading the parade too much longer. And yet today we're going to have uh, Fed Chief Powell speaking in Jackson Hole talking about additional Fed funds rate hikes. While at the same time, you mentioned the economy is slowing and it's not even a yield curve anymore, Eric. It's more of a yield plane since it's so flat. Yeah, right. uh, <laughs> what do you... And even the trade war. I mean, we we got a trade war that's still in uh, full blossom here, right? And the trade war is not going to be good for for people, you know, because there's inflation because of trade wars and tariffs and things like that and disruption of jobs and so on. So there's a lot on the table that the market seems very willing to ignore uh, that is going to continue to to lean on the economic growth going forward here. A couple of other items I want to get your thoughts on this week, Eric. One, uh, I saw a report a couple days ago that the Russians, who have been consistent buyers of gold now for several years, uh, added in July 800,000 ounces, which is a lot. It's actually ahead of their run rate. They've been adding about 600,000 ounces on average, the last four or five months, now they did 800,000. They basically sold all their treasuries, and uh, now they're increasing their gold purchases. There's definitely stepping it up here, which is very encouraging. And I would think that most countries, the people in most countries today, would be thinking about owning gold with their currencies getting decimated on right. a regular basis. I mean, you look at the damage of currencies yesterday, and there were probably 10 currencies that fell over 1% in the day. You know, currencies are supposed to be stable. They're not supposed to be like stocks or something, but they're they're truly uh, very, very weak. And whether it's Iran or Venezuela or Turkey or uh, so many countries where the South uh, um, South American countries, the Brazilian real has been ridiculous. Peso has been weak. I mean, there's so many reasons for people to want to get out of paper currencies and into something hard, and it's and it's the majority of the population. Because you've got China in there, you've got India in there, you've got most of South America in there. There's hardly anybody that's not in that kind of do loop that we're seeing going on in the currencies these days. Yeah, gold's no longer a safe haven, huh? Well, uh, tell that to the people of Venezuela or Iran or Turkey. Yeah, there's lots of reasons on gold. And by the way, uh, while I have the the podium, I did want to make a comment about bank profits. Um, there was an article suggesting that banks in the U.S. had $60 billion of profit in the quarter, which is $240 billion annualized, which is a profit of $750 roughly for every American citizen. 
So if you're a family of four, the banks made $3,000 of profit, profit, not revenue, from your family, directly or indirectly. I mean, a lot of it's uh, corporately related, but nonetheless, you know, we all have to sustain the corporations too, right? So it's just amazing that uh, that one group of of, of, of uh, the business world could make profits that are just so outrageously obscene. Uh, obscene, I guess. Yeah, I wasn't going to use that word, but disproportionate, I guess, is the word I yeah. use. Disproportionate to to what they create. Create, which I don't think is a word that bears much relationship to banking. By the way, so. Anyway, it's uh, and it happens both in your country and our country, and probably everywhere in the world that the banks seem to profit no matter what the situation is, which is again a little perplexing. It takes us back to the silver trade, right? <laughs> that, that theoretically, as, as Ted Butler is, uh, J.P. Morgan's never lost on silver. Well, that's kind of interesting that you've never lost on silver. Um, maybe you have a hand in the market, so right. That's the way it works. I'm reminded, though, of the old adage, you know, you, you give a man a gun, he can rob a bank. But you give a man a bank, he can rob everybody. <laughs> that's true. Well, that's exactly what's happening, obviously, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Now, speaking of which, uh, just going back to gold before we wrap up, um, you mentioned physical buyers, you know, like the Russians and the Iranians and the Turks and, and the Chinese, yep. right? And then we're stuck with this uh, legacy paper derivative pricing scheme. And one of the keys to keeping that thing afloat is this thing they call exchanges for physical. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think actually the P doesn't stand for physical. It's exchange for paper. Uh, maybe they could yeah. change it to exchange for unallocated metal, something like that. Uh, but back last year, when this really started to catch your attention to mind, you said, hey, uh, Craig, why don't you keep track of these every day and let's just see – what the run rate is. So today's August 24th. You asked me to start keeping track back on November 24th. So now we are actually nine months into this, which makes it pretty easy. Let me lay these numbers on you, Eric. Uh, In the nine months, since I've been keeping track of these every day, the total amount of COMEX contracts allegedly exchanged for physical is 1,913,258. Let me do the math. That's 100 ounces per contract, allegedly. So that's 191,325,800 ounces. And that is 5,951 metric tons, which even I can do that next bit of math. That's a run rate of about 8,000 metric tons per year. Twice the annual global production of gold. Just, that's just through a quarter. Which means... I, yeah, 8,000 is what? <laughs> two and a half times. <laughs> yeah. Which means it's not being settled, right? I mean, it's there's something very odd going on in the COMEX. I don't know how these contracts just disappear off the face of the earth. Uh, it, it needs some kind of explanation, which uh, unfortunately we're not getting. And or somebody's building up one hang of a large short position out there that's never going to be filled, which could very well happen to see the same thing in silver. You know, these huge 1.2 billion ounces outstanding, maybe 1.3 billion ounces now. Yeah. We only produce about eight or, <clears throat> excuse me, eight or 900 million a year. <clears throat> so, and and it's not as though there's inventories of silver kicking around. There aren't. Yes, there right. are inventories of gold, but not silver. So anyway, it's, uh, 
it's it's going to be a conundrum. Uh, you and I talk about it all the time. It it'll get resolved in due course. So and and of course it has to be positive. There's no way it can be negative. Well, yeah, exactly. And again, a run rate of eight thousand metric tons uh, for the twelve months that will end at the end of November. Again, that that's obviously not physical metal being settled. It's just a shell game. And I know Chris Powell has tried to write the comptroller of the currency, and he just gets brushed aside. Um, it's just a remarkable part of what's accepted as a legitimate pricing system. And I do want to go back to that uh, silver point you made just a minute, Eric. One last thing. The total open interest, as you said, in Comex Silver is at an all-time high of about 244,000 contracts. All-time high. You know, people say there was mm-hmm. a, this big bubble back in 2011 where every shoeshine boy and taxi cab driver was buying silver. Well, the open interest back then was about 140,000 contracts. And here we are seven years right. later with price at $14, but the all-time high, 100,000 contracts more now. Does that, what does that tell you? And, and, of course, the discussion that both Goldman and J.P. Morgan are accumulating silver hand over fist. Yeah, at the same time. Yeah. It's an interesting world, and, and as you mentioned, there's a lot of things yeah. to watch as we go through the remainder of the year, both politically, economically, and everything else. So I look forward to continuing to discuss these discussions because who knows where this is going to take us. In the meantime, just one last special reminder for everybody listening. Uh, our friend Eric here had his pick of the month here in August, and he decided that it was a Scottsdale Mint Patriot Metal 1 kilogram fine silver bar. So if you want to really load up down here below $15, what a great way to do it. But these kilo bars are limited in availability, so don't wait. Uh, if you want to purchase one, again, you can uh, go to SproutMoney.com or call us at 888-861-0775. Uh, Eric, again, thank you for your time this week. It is a fascinating time to be observing this market, even as frustrating as it's been. And I look forward to seeing what the next week holds. Hey, fingers crossed. It's uh, It's been good. we got a good day going here today. So uh, hopefully we'll uh, have uh, some things upbeat to talk about next Friday. Fingers crossed. All right, Eric. Hey, I wish you a great weekend. And from all of us here at Sprott Money News and SprottMoney.com, yeah, have a great weekend. And we'll talk to you again next Friday. 